0: There are the touch tones that signal us to the straight talk segment for real presence live on a Thursday. Father James gross and father Jason Leffer joining you from our grand Forks studios. And we want to hear from you. The phone number to call is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can also leave a message on our Facebook page for real presence radio.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I so appreciate the last segment with, uh, uh Bishop folda because, um, well my my heritage is ukrainian i'm i actually i'm a geranium mm-hmm. my dad was german hungarian my mom is 100 percent ukrainian so that makes me a geranium right mm-hmm. but from out in uh a western north dakota there by Belfield and saint demetrius uh so my mom and her whole family all my relatives on that side they come from western ukraine so you know with this um this war going on and stuff it's caused me to to look into my own family and my own heritage and what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and I found a number of places there where uh, my relatives are all from and, you know, and, and they're being bombed and they're being, it's, it's horrible what's going on. So uh, yeah, boy, this is, a, it's interesting. It's affected me deeply, like the, what's going on there, you know, not that other wars have not but in a personal way. So right, Right. And you know, I was thinking too, Father Gross as we're here. It'd be great to hear from our listeners. Like, how how is this affecting people cuz it isn't just about that war but there's a bigger significance going on for example like um the th- the threat of nuclear war i mean this is people sit in fear of these kind of things where it isn't, it isn't just about somehow like defeating this but it, there's a real possibility if you know putin if he yeah. feels Corner or something that he might go the nuclear option or do the vaporization bombs or wipe out entire cities. I mean, things that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen for quite a while, whatever. So, and then I was thinking, well, here, you know, locally in our area, it's, you know, Russia produces, I think it's like 70, 80% of the fertilizer for our farmers, you know, our gas prices are through the roof. And so, I mean, you know, because people are like, oh, there's wars other places. Why are you so concerned about this? Well, this. This one has it seems like there's something bigger going on here, you know the, and it affects globally in a bigger way the the economy, prices of food everything i mean we're right so it, it'd be great to hear from our listeners like what you know what are you experiencing what what are you going through what what does your faith have to do with the fear of uh, say a, a nuclear bomb or something or <laughs> right and how how are people listening to our blessed mother's invitation to pray the rosary for peace, for taking on penances, for conversion. Uh, Do people believe that praying to the Blessed Mother or praying for the conversion of a world leader's hearts, that it's effective, that it actually works? I mean, we'd love to hear from our listeners right now. You know, how is this affecting you? What are you going through? How is it impacting your daily life, your prayer life, your faith life? Mm -hmm. Ash Wednesday started with the Holy Father imploring the whole world to do, you know, Fasting and penance that day for conversion and for peace, and now here we right. are a couple of weeks later on next the next Friday, three weeks later. He's he's going to be consecrating it. So, mm-hmm. are are we are we expecting some kind of magic solution, or are are we all going to participate here and and kind of do our part as faithful Christians, the body of Christ? praying for one another. Right, and our number is
0: 8777950122. We would love to hear from you. 8777950122. A couple of thoughts about that. There is a prominent city that's been uh, reported about in the news uh, that's uh, sustained a lot of bombing. Mariupol, uh, Mary's city, I guess, yeah, is literally what that what yeah what that means. So you know it's 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 uh, somewhat uh, ironic, you know, and, and poignant that that is happening. Also, like you say, with um, uh, economic threats and inflation and all the rest of it, people on fixed incomes are always kind of the hardest hit immediately because um, you know they have to make this fixed amount of uh you know dollars stretch farther when it's buying less and less and one thing i'd seen on a um uh some sort of uh, some sort of news programs how many different products everything from a a bag of doritos chips to you know a cat food or something they the the producers have slightly decreased the size like a quarter to half an ounce you know so that they don't have to pass on as large a cost anymore increase and it sort of fools people into thinking, oh well it's not that much more expensive. They're not getting as much okay, as they here, did before. Perfect
1: example. I have the perfect example. Okay. You. If you if you go back to the year two thousand and nine mm-hmm. and you bought a can of tuna. Okay. The size of the can of tuna has not changed. In two thousand nine it was seven ounces. It's now four ounces in that same size can. No I, kidding. And I know this because I have them in my in my pantry, in my rectory, there's a can from 2009. <laughs> Father Elifer
0: is a doomsday prepper, you no, should no, know. No,
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's, it's there. And you look, here's the same size, seven ounces, four ounces. That's, that's almost half the product is less. In that sense, and, and actually, the cost of the tuna is more now than it was. That wow. so, so there you go, prove your point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as you were mentioning, with your genealogy and your background, um, there are a great many listeners, especially in the Dakotas, who have a German from Russia background, and our folks. It what is now Ukraine, for the most part, was within the Germ- within the Russian Empire in the 19th century and up until that um, uh, the Bolshevik Revolution. So. You know, there are a lot of people who came to America directly from Ukraine uh, with the political pressures that were increasing, the um, going back on the promise not to conscript uh, young men into the Russian army, etc., cetera, et cetera. So I have a grandmother who was born in Odessa and uh, left w- as a child of five years old with her family. So there was a big community of people around the Black Sea region Catholics and Lutherans, uh, both. And then there are also what are called Volga Germans a few miles to the north along the Volga River Valley. And uh, there's a particular um, concern that we have you know, even though it was a relatively temporary landing spot for a lot of our ancestors. But, of course, there were so many others who um, had not been able to leave and who suffered so greatly from the uh, the Holdemore famine in the 1930s under Stalin and numerous
1: other tragedies. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because, like, uh, as I checked out of my relatives, so they're from the kind of north of Moldova, just by Poland, maybe even in Poland, kind of, the, you know, kind of by the Romania region there, whatever. What they were facing, the cause them to come over here, but then you look at the ancestors who did come here, Mm -hmm. they were living in the ground with no resources and these extreme temperatures and all, and the sacrifices they made to make a go of it, and my mom grew up in a sod house, you know, with the... Mm -hmm. So it's the... You sit there and you see like, the choices they had and coming over. Now, of course, the potential of developing land and becoming... That's homesteading. Homesteading, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. But back there or here, the, the extreme things that they faced or went into just to have a life. And so you think about the, the politics, how it, how it affects. And in the heart mm-hmm. of that, in the midst of them living in the ground, they all built these gorgeous, beautiful churches yeah. to honor God. You know, I mean, that was one mm-hmm. of the very first thing they did was to construct their church. And to make sure there was a priest there to yeah. serve their sacramental needs, so mm-hmm. it, it tells you the character, the faith of of people, our right. ancestors. Yep. In
0: the ni- in the eighteen ninety census, a year after North and South Dakota were declared states, uh, North Dakota had approximately a hundred thousand people. You know, so that's uh, Native Americans and immigrants uh, all together. By nineteen ten, it was already over six hundred thousand, and it's over seven hundred thousand now. But it's a pretty homogeneous population when you look at a lot of the Common stories when people arrived, what kinds of places they came from. There really is a, a kinship there. We have a note that was left here on uh, Facebook uh, from Vicki. Uh, her mother... And her mother's family grew up across the road from the shrine that I had mentioned during our discussion with um, uh, Bishop Fulda, which is 12 miles south of the town of Napoleon on Highway 3. There's a banner, uh, a sign on the top of the little brick structure which says, Pray for Peace, with the uh, scene of the visionaries at Fatima.
1: And and so... Outside my bedroom window between the rectory and the church, there there's a replica of Our Lady Fatima, Our Lady and the the Three Shepherd Children with a Bunch of Sheep, and it's all... It was constructed in, in 1957 for the 40th anniversary of Our Lady Fatima. So on the 100th anniversary, we, will, we were able to go out there and, and you know, and rededicate it and and pray with all the people and so forth. So, you know, every day I have this constant reminder. And then, of course, my cat Casper. So every day we come out of the church and I say, it's time to pray. He jumps up on the little pray-do. We pray to our blessed mother, uh, pray the consecration prayer. Then he knows he's going to get a treat afterwards. So it's it's a neat little trick when People are out there by the door. I said, hey, do you, you want to see my Catholic cat? And they're like, what? And I say, hey, let's go pray. And he runs over and jumps over the pray Do and everybody's like, oh. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's a wonder, wonderful Catholic trick.
0: You done does, trained like. them well there, Father. There you go. You no, know,
1: but not to be, it doesn't have to be just all doom and gloom here this morning. Whatever. Obviously, we have wonderful things going on, too. Right, the right. Feast of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Saturday, we've got the Feast of St. Joseph. I... Uh so here this this is a father gross, this is a big deal for Before me. Before you Go launch ahead. into
0: that. Oh, let's give our number one more time for those who may be uh, interested in calling in. 877
1: 795 122 You know, I'm starting to think that maybe you and I are so interesting that people don't want to interrupt us and call Well, let's continue to think so, that for a yeah, while here. We, but we but like to hear ourselves <laughs> talk, but no, we'd we'd love to hear from you actually too. 877 795 122 But yeah, so um so uh, if you remember, Father Gross, a year ago, mm-hmm. on March 19th, it was a big deal because we were consecrating the diocese and our parishes to St. Joseph. The Terrible windstorm yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Pope Francis said this is going to be your St. Joseph. So we, we did, and we had a great celebration last year. And then that night into the next morning, uh, we sustained 65 mile an hour winds for like 14 hours straight or whatever. And it, it stripped the roof off of my church. You know, I, so I said... Oh, Saint Joseph! I didn't know you you wanted a new church, a new roof on our church. You know, so I, I blamed him. But, but the incredible thing was, um, it was about ninety two thousand dollars damage that was done there. And, and you know, my little tiny churches that I have, you know, were, but within a year's time here, here, here we just found out. So on, on the feast of Saint Joseph, which is this Saturday, where the entire debt is paid off.
0: And so I, so I, you
1: know I, you look at that but i and again i'm saying you know this is saint joseph he's the he's the guardian protector of the woman and the child he's the guardian protector of the church he's the terror of all demons and he's a great provider you know if you if you need uh, employment if you need i mean you go through a list of things if he, you're trying to sell your house <laughs> he he is if you're trying to get a new roof on your church i mean he he's tremendous and i i know you know we Catholics at times would get accused of being like kind of like superstitious or that or the other thing or you know why are you praying to Mary and consecrating Russia to Mary mm-hmm. why are you asking St. Joseph why can't you just go straight to Jesus and um, I said well because it's Jesus and his marvelous companions and and his marvelous companions are interested in things you know like uh, we could talk about St. Patrick here in a moment too yeah. you know it just the, the the plethora of saints that we have is wonderful in our RCA class on Sunday we, we got into the saints and all this and it was one of the most accurate Thing. I mean the, all those who are coming into the faith they had the, all these questions, but it prompted those who were Catholic who were taking the class the, the the excitement level just rose, and everybody had witnesses' stories about how different saints have interceded in their life at different points and and then you makes you realize, yeah, Christ is concerned about all things, but then you know um different saints are concerned mm-hmm. about different things. St. Lucy for the eyes, or St. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Patrick mm-hmm. for corn the beef and hash. You know? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And, and one of the analogies that I like to use when we're talking about uh, re- requesting the intercession of saints is to speak about the, if I were to say to you, I am going to the airport. Um, a lot of people would presume that I'm going to catch a plane and eventually go somewhere else. It would be sort of odd if I'm just going to the airport. If I'm not working there, or like on a ground crew, or in the uh, concessions or whatever. If I'm just hanging out there for a few hours and waiting for plan planes to land and take off and watching what happens, you know. So there's there are two different senses, as we you know, in which we can say that we are asking for the intercession of a saint, not thinking that that is the final destination, but we are inviting them to join with us and to offer uh, the, the the you know the supernatural gifts that they have been given uh, in in joining with us in our prayers uh, to our
1: heavenly Father and to place them before his throne right think of like great saints like saint Teresa of or i mean and she declared you know i if if you know she has the fortune of going to heaven she's going to spend her time in heaven doing good on earth uh, doing good on earth loving those who are and saint paul even (coughs) speaks about this uh, this it's like you're running the race you're in the stadium of a great crowd of witnesses who are looking down cheering you on to make it to the Finish line Like they, Somehow they're invested in they're wanting All of us to make it To be together Like something's lacking If we don't all Yes yes i make it So the yep. great host Of the saints
0: Right So I printed off A couple of different things With regard to It's interesting When you do, do a little digging In the biography Of St. Patrick Because there are A couple of things About his life A lot of people May not realize And first of all You have to give The caveat That many of the stories That exist Were things that came Somewhere along the way According to pious legend And it's very different Difficult to tell whether or not, you know, they're, they're applying directly to him or they're true. But we know the things that are true, and those are the most important things. Patrick was born and raised in England. And he, either at the age of 14 or 16, depending on what resource you're looking for, he was kidnapped by pirates, taken to e- Ireland, and sold into slavery.
1: Okay, here's something really, I think, is so ironic. All the Irish claim Patrick, and he, but he's... He's from... British. British. Yeah. British, he's from England. And the Germans claim St. Boniface, and he wasn't German either. So it's kind of this little... <laughs> go on. Gonna, yes, yes, interrupt. indeed. No, 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 that's okay.
0: So it was some six years of um, um, capture and, and servitude before he was able to make his escape. And it's believed that he had been held in slavery in County Mayo, which would have put him some 200 miles from the Irish coast. And can you imagine, as he makes his way back to Great Britain just think of his family, Uh, you know, we other, his parents or extended family, what that would have been like, just the anguish of here. He disappeared. And we don't know, you know, if we'll ever see him again, is he alive? Is he dead? And then all of a sudden he shows up again. So about 15 years uh, from that point, Uh, He, um, after having discerned what he believed was a call to the priesthood, was training in theology, maybe traveled to France for part of it or what have you, but then um, was a priest and a bishop who was sent to be a missionary to Ireland, which had a smattering of of um, uh, Christians there already, but the culture was really not you know, attuned to that. And what we have to recognize in the way St. Patrick operated is he not only stoked the fire of people's uh, de- uh, desire in their hearts for a relationship for the Lord and that fire of the Holy Spirit, he also formed, I guess for lack of a better word, an infrastructure that persisted for generations, and for centuries, um, so that there would be a mechanism whereby people would live out their faith, uh, Christendom, or whatever you would say. There was a book a number of years ago which wasn't necessarily religiously concerned. It was called How the Irish Saved Civilization. It was really uh, popular, and it points out that during what we Somewhat derogatorily called the Dark Ages, the 7th, 8th, 9th century, or whatever, Ireland was spared from a lot of the problems that were happening in continental Europe with the upheaval and the barbarian invasions. So, when it came to uh, biblical texts, when it came to scholarship and preserving various things, Ireland, in a sense, came to the rescue of many other parts of Europe by having preserved a lot of those things. And it, it's really ironic. When you think about it, you know now um we had uh, of uh, uh, of uh, dear memory uh, a priest in our diocese, Father Peter Hughes, God rest his soul, who has commented that um you know, in the last century or two, Ireland had been really a powerhouse of sending missionaries to places like Sub-Saharan Africa, the Indian subcontinent, things like that. And now, it's almost as though the tables have turned so that many priests in many parishes in Ireland are international priests from some of those very same places in order to keep those parishes going. So, it's a reminder that we do need to pray for the new evangelization to really continue to take root in, and to
1: restoke those fires, you know, I'd, I'd like to share. In honor of St. Patrick, uh, glory. We're talking about the power of the saints and their intercession. What they do—true story, so beautiful—and and feast St. Patrick, so appropriate. So, I, I was once uh, going on pilgrimage to to Ireland, and as I always do when I go, I announce to people if you have any tensions, you want me to take with. Or, and this beautiful little old lady, she comes up to me and she gives me this petition. She says, "Father, uh, you know." Could you please take this and I went pray for the conversion of my husband and the situation was that um she she 'd been faithful in her marriage her whole life and her husband had been anti catholic and, and he was pretty really pretty brutal and gruff about it, and he was getting pretty on an age so go over i i'd go to the cathedral there discover it's it's the original one is Protestant now, controlled by the protestants and and try find the tomb of Saint Patrick and was, find a place where where do I put this you know and I finally um found in the actual catholic cathedral of saint patrick i there was a little slot underneath the altar so i slipped this petition underneath the altar we celebrated mass there and and i came back and it was a couple months later and i was inspired i don't, I don't know what happened but it was like the holy spirit said go visit this man and i and he'd been very gruff with me and, and been very contentious and i okay so i go over and knock on his door and i uh, And the wife sees me, oh, Father, you're here. I'm like, yeah, could I visit your husband, you know? And I go in, and he's watching the TV, and it's really loud. can't even hear, and he's just ignoring me. And and finally, he says, what do you want? And uh, I said, well, the Holy Spirit asked me to come and see if you want to become Catholic. And he looked at me and turns the TV off, and he says, fine, what do I need to do? And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so we did, and actually, it was just really quick, right there kind of thing. Three days later, he died. My goodness. So I, you know, I look at this, and you say, you say, "Oh, Father, Father!" But I just say, inspired by this woman, she suffered her whole life for the conversion of her husband. Here, could you, and she's Irish? Could you please ask St. Patrick to intercede? We'd go all the way across, halfway around the world, put this petition there, come back, just you know, kind of a thing. And, and I say, this is how real the community of the saints are. The, mm-hmm. They are alive. They are cheering us on. They desire all of us to be saved. You know? Right. Even if we don't have the
0: particular privilege of seeing kind of a, a happy ending to a story like that, it's uh, we're, we're very much encouraged to do that. Uh, someone had called in just a moment ago who would, who would like us to share that for our folks, our listeners in the Crookston area, a March for Life will be taking place in Crookston at Central Park, uh, just near downtown there, this coming Saturday, the 19th of march beginning at 1:30 p.m so that is a march for life happening in crookston and uh before we wrap up our straight talk segment here we do have a question that was submitted by facebook um heidi asks us why does god need angels to carry out some
1: of his work well um i i, I so i would look i'd focus on the word need Mm-hmm. You know, um why does he choose for there we go mm-hmm. so it 's very different to say he needs or or he chooses it, I think the bigger thing is he literally chooses angels and and how he 's designed all things, whether it 's angels, humans, animals, plants, all of creation rocks or whatever so it's it 's his to his glory he i'd say at the heart of who God is is to be worshipped that that 's the core of his nature he creates all of creation to worship him and the the main role of the angels is to worship him and and to show us humans how to worship him and the word angel itself means means messenger so god chooses these creatures called angels to communicate between man and uh, and god uh, to be there and the angels are, are similar to the saints in a certain way that um you can call upon them for for Protection uh different things like this, we know from the book of Daniel, for example, that um every city, every country every nation has 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 an angel and uh and there's there's different spirits that are at war, so there's a fallen angel is a demon, so the there's a cosmic battle going on, like for example in the war right now in Ukraine and Russia, there are angels and demons that are involved in in that war and Saint Paul says. You know, do you not know that this you're 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 battling against spirits, the spiritual, the angel? Or Ephesians
0: demons. chapter six, yes. exactly. So it's not with just with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers, etc. And, and so
1: it's very it's very important that we understand that there that we have a guardian angel to call upon our angel to um, ask them to help and assist, and even in in spiritual battle. And it gives the short answer is it gives God glory to have the angels worship Him and assist. Uh, creation.
0: Mm -hmm. It also sheds, you might say, additional light on this wonderful mystery of the nature of God's creation. The fact that there are these messengers who are selected at times in salvation history, whether it be Raphael journeying with uh, Tobias, you know, in the book of Tobit, or uh, Gabriel, or, you know, Michael is is, uh, portrayed in the books of Daniel and Revelation, various things like that. I mean, it's not like God couldn't do what he did without them, but he chose to
1: include them in the story, you might say. So, Friday, this upcoming Friday, we see the key role of Angel Gabriel in... The right, a week from tomorrow, yes, right, with the Annunciation,
0: en- yes, on March 25th, which is uh, it, it's one of those, um, uh, you know, it gives you a little bit of a break to have a, a solemnity like that in the course of Lent. You know, it, it, you almost feel like you're cheating a little bit, but you can set aside things and and celebrate with a uh, Holy Mother Church when uh, Saint Joseph and and the Annunciation, because there are several days that are solemnities throughout the course of the calendar year, liturgical year, which are not. In the United States, uh, holy days of obligation. So some people think that those two things are synonymous, and uh, not, you know, not in every case. But there are certain days, like high holy days, you might say, as solemnities, that perhaps in some parts of the world are celebrated as holy days of obligation. Not necessarily here, but they're solemnities just Uh the same. So I just think is
1: so. 25th is Friday. Yes, it is. Uh, does the meat uh, requirement um, be on that? What's, what's I, think you can
0: dis- I think you can suspend that, just um, uh, as solemnity. a person would, let's say, if... Um, now, this is slightly different, but if people maintain the Friday abstinence throughout the whole year, they typically will not do it on the Friday of the octave of Easter, because that's it's a, it's solemnity a solemnity as well. Easter, yeah. So, I guess one of the things, out of prudence, you know, do you want to be... Um, yeah, do you want to be sitting in a public place, you know, with <laughs> with, with with a big stake in front of you or, or that sort of thing, you know? So various things like that. Um, before we uh, wrap up, I just wanted to mention here that we had a request for our listeners throughout our listening area to join in prayer for uh, a particular person in London by the name of Blood whose uh, family is still in Ukraine for their safety. There are a great number of people who have that similar situation going on, right, where they uh, have direct Loved ones, or they have friends who have loved ones who, as far as they know, are still in the country in uh, in the country of Ukraine, maybe looking to um you know, to emigrate to, to leave for Poland or uh, Moldova or wherever else they can go.
1: Well, how about let's uh, let's invoke the Blessed Mother right now and ask all of our listeners to join us in a in a Hail Mary for this particular situation for all those who are in danger the state need safety and protection. Absolutely, Hail Mary
0: Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That wraps up our straight talk segment for today, and let's definitely keep those prayers going for all of our prayer intentions. You can continue to post those at our website, RealPresenceRadio.com. That will um, enable us to be able to share in those all together as a communion as a community of faith. So one hour is in the can, and we've got another hour coming up. We will be visiting about uh, the Bard and one of Shakespeare's most famous works with Nancy Gordon, Father Slattery. Right? Right? Right after this break, you're listening to Real Presence Live.